0: Hi, and welcome to your OWEN podcast, quick and handy tips for veterinarians on the go. I'm Dr. Melanie Barham, coordinator for the Ontario Animal Health Network, or OWEN. This series is all about equine strangles, or strep equine infection, in horses. We've asked five equine veterinarians from Ontario to answer common questions about strangles, debunking myths, and confirming facts about the disease. The practitioners on the series are all based out of Ontario and are members of the OWEN Equine Network. We hope you find the series informative. Please feel free to comment and share widely on social media.
1: So I'd like to introduce today Dr. Melissa McKee, equine practitioner in Southern Ontario and a member of our OWEN network, uh, Equine. Thanks for joining us, Melissa. My pleasure. So we'll jump right into our questions. Um, So what are the differences between the killed and the live vaccine for strangles? And are both types generally available in Ontario?
2: Well, there are two types of vaccines available in Ontario for strangles. The one that is currently used is the modified live intranasal vaccine. This means that the vaccine was developed using live bacteria that have been modified to not be highly contagious to other horses and will not cause strangles. It is given by means of a small tube past the nostril and squirted in the back of the throat. By using this method of administration, the immune cells necessary to prevent infection from the disease are stimulated to produce antibodies and other factors to support the immune system. The other vaccine is a killed vaccine, meaning that the bacteria are not able to reproduce, but still will stimulate an immune response. This is a vaccine that is given into the muscle and was the first form of strangles vaccination available. Subsequently, though, the intranasal form was developed and found to provide more reliable protection against serious infection. There is an increased rate of muscle soreness associated with the intramuscular vaccine, and at this time, it is no longer available in Ontario.
1: Okay, thank you. Is it safe to vaccinate um, horses yearly with the Strangles vaccine, and is it okay to give it alongside with other vaccinations?
2: For the Strangles vaccine, an initial primary series, which is two vaccines administered a few weeks apart to develop immunity and then followed by annual boosters, is the recommended protocol. Occasionally, a horse will have a few days of swollen lymph nodes and nasal discharge after vaccination. This is not a case of actual strangles, just a strong response to the vaccine. If a particular horse reacts strongly to the vaccine, an alternative approach is to take a blood sample to test for strangles antibodies. If the antibody level is sufficiently high, the horse already has some degree of natural immunity and does not need a booster for that year. Titers can be repeated annually to determine the need for vaccination in sensitive individuals. And any horse that's had an actual case of strangles or potential exposure to strangles in the past should have a titer assessed before vaccinating since the antibody levels may already be naturally quite high and the horse could react strongly to the vaccination. In general, the reaction rate is pretty low and on our practice we typically have just a few runny noses and mouth fevers in a given year with hundreds of doses administered. Since the intranasal vaccine contains live bacteria, we do handle it very carefully when administering this alongside intramuscular vaccines or during other veterinary procedures. If the strangled vaccination strain bacteria happens to get into an intramuscular injection site, which could easily happen if a just vaccinated horse snorts and the vapor settles on their own neck or that of the horse next door before an intramuscular vaccination is given, an abscess can occur. Every vet will have a strategy for managing this risk. One method is to administer all the intramuscular vaccinations to the entire barn first, then go back through and give the strangles on a second pass. Another is to simply split the strangles and intramuscular vaccinations onto separate visits. Most veterinarians will choose not to perform other procedures such as joint injections on the same day as administration of the intranasal vaccine.
1: Okay, perfect. Thanks. That was a really complete answer. Um, I've heard that strangles vaccine can actually cause strangles. Is that true?
2: Well, rarely a horse will develop significant nasal discharge and a submandibular abscess after intranasal vaccine. This is not a case of true strangles and is not contagious to other horses. This type of reaction can happen in a horse that has already had strangle infection or one that is very sensitive to the live bacteria vaccine. Checking the blood titer for strangled antibodies prior to vaccination can identify individuals at risk for this kind of reaction. Horses that have received the intranasal vaccine can spread the vaccine strain bacteria to their nasal secretions for a couple of days afterwards, so we must assume that other horses in the barn could come in contact with and inhale the vaccine from their environment during this period. Although there have been no reported cases of a non-vaccinated horse having a reaction to environmental exposure to the vaccine, it may be detected on nasal swabs taken from any horse in the barn housing individuals that have received the intranasal vaccine within a few days prior to the sampling. Although uncommon, it is a consideration if a nasal swab is required for travel or competition purposes. One precaution could be to separate the vaccinated, non-vaccinated horses for a few days after vaccination. Or plan to take any swabs required prior to the vaccination visit?
1: Okay, yeah, that sounds like a great tip, particularly if um if one person is moving to a different barn or or what have you. yeah, require... so it is
2: really it is common practice um, for boarding stables to require a negative nasal swab for strangles vaccine before admitting new horses, which is a pretty good biosecurity precaution.
1: Mhm okay, so here's our final question um, from our horse owners. So I vaccinated my horse for strangles, but it's still got a mild form of the disease. Does this mean the vaccine isn't effective?
2: Well, many vaccines don't completely protect an animal from developing the disease, but they do serve to help lessen the clinical signs of damage done by the organism. This is the case with the intranasal strangles vaccination. The vaccinated horse may still be infected with strangles when exposed, but by vaccinating, you've helped the immune system to fight off the organism more effectively and not develop a severe or prolonged disease. Of course, as with any vaccine, it must be administered as per label directions, and the horse's immune response is ultimately the factor responsible for how well the animal is protected or not. In general, the intranasal strangles vaccine is well-tolerated and has a low reaction rate. Some individuals, including those who have had a natural case of strangles in the past, may be more sensitive to the vaccine and have a period of nasal discharge and swollen lymph nodes after vaccination. A blood test to check the strangles' antibody levels prior to vaccination can detect individuals who may be prone to these reactions. Precautions should be taken to prevent contamination of anti-intramuscular injection sites at the time of vaccination, since inadvertent intramuscular injection of the vaccine bacteria could cause a local abscess. The vaccine cannot cause a true case of strangles because the bacterial strain used is heavily modified, Unvaccinated horses in the barn will probably be exposed to a low dose of the intranasal vaccine bacteria in the first few days after vaccination of any stable mates. This is generally not a problem, but could cause a temporary positive nasal swab. Overall, the more horses that are vaccinated for strangles within a population, the less likely an outbreak of the disease can occur because vaccination reduces the number of available hosts for the strangled bacteria.
1: Okay, thank you. Thanks very much, Melissa, and thank you also to all of the horse owners who submitted questions.
0: Thanks for joining us for the Ontario Animal Health Network equine podcast series on strangles. Check out the other episodes in this series at oahn.podbean.com or on iTunes or on our website, oahn.ca, through the podcast button on the upper right-hand side. Other resources on strangles can be found on oahn.ca under equine resources. If you liked this episode or have a comment, please leave us one on social media or on our Podbean site. And feel free to share with your equine friends. We appreciate your support.